What do you seek in a podcast or a blog? Perhaps it's something practical, a list of top five tips, something tangible that you can action straight away. Or is it more about exploring new ideas, new ways of thinking about things in general? Whichever camp you're in might depend on which side of your brain is the master and which one the servant. In this episode, we explore what one expert calls the divided brain and consider what implications this has for the way that we communicate. I'm Andrew Thorpe. Welcome to Leaning Forward. When I was at school, I got decent grades but I had to graft. I wasn't overly gifted in the academic department, unlike another boy in my class, Fred Mendelssohn. I called him Two Brains. At the time, it seemed right to suggest that he had something extra, something not possessed by us mere mortals, but it seems I was wrong. For in one sense, we all have two brains, or at least two hemispheres. They behave in very different ways, and this has major implications for the way that we communicate and live our lives. Now, I'm no expert in this, but let me introduce someone who is. He's a psychiatrist called Ian McGilchrist, and I've been listening to an interview with him on the Hidden Brain podcast, and I put a link in the episode notes. He explains that in the 1960s and 70s, an idea gained currency that the left side of the brain is logical and verbal and the right side is emotional and creative. Now, this has largely been discredited over the years as misleading, but the fact remains that we have these two distinct hemispheres and there are some important differences between them. It seems that both sides are involved in doing pretty much everything, but each seems to work in a very different way. I really like the example he uses of a bird who spots a grain of corn on the ground while flying overhead. It needs a laser focus on that grain if it's to swoop down and feed. But if at the same time it doesn't check its surroundings, it may well become someone else's lunch. So left brain to hunt for food right brain to remain vigilant. In a simple sense, the left side focuses on details, while the right sees the bigger picture. And both are essential, um, because if you were left-brained only, you couldn't understand what you were doing. And if only the right brain um, was working, you'd see connections and meaning everywhere, but you wouldn't get anything done. Interestingly, a lot of what we know about the difference between the two hemispheres comes from studies of stroke victims. Those suffering a left hemisphere stroke seem to fare better than those with damage to the right. Um, people losing right brain function struggle to understand things like humour. Um, they're often irritable and in extreme cases, 
they may not even recognise their own arm as being part of their body. They, they don't seem to have an, an integrated view of themselves. They can't see the whole picture. McGilchrist's ideas came to prominence with the publication of his book, uh, The Master and His Emissary. And the title is based on a, a very old story where a wise leader hired an emissary to help him spread his teachings throughout the land. And after a while, the emissary thought, now hang on a minute, I'm the one doing all the teaching here while the guru sits on his backside. So he donned a cloak and assumed the role of the wise one himself. But there was a problem. The emissary was a, a clever man, but not clever enough to be aware of what he didn't know. And after a while, things began to go wrong and the kingdom fell into disarray. According to McGilchrist, we should think of the right brain as some kind of um, intuitive gift and the left as being in service to the other side. But unfortunately, um, in his view, we live in a left brain world which values details more than the big picture, where things have to be measured, whether that's an exam or an annual appraisal, and our behaviours are influenced by algorithms. It's a world where things are reduced to hacks, uh, shortcuts and top five tips for this and that. These days, information is cheap. It's instantly available with a click or a swipe. So the problem isn't so much a lack of knowledge. It's knowing what to make of that information, which things to focus on in the context of our lives and how to apply it. You might say there's an oversupply of information and a shortage of wisdom. This distinction between left and right brain function has interesting implications when it comes to communication. A lot of my clients, um, I would say, identify with the more left brain thinker. They've studied hard in a technical discipline, maybe one of the professions. And you'd say that they were smart, often brilliant people in their field. But their careers may hit a wall when they're sent out to network and bring in business or when they have to um, manage a team of people for the first time. At this point, their skill in drilling down into the detail, in analysing and measuring things and being driven by logical reasoning seems to hold them back because their audience is moved by things other than logic. So, for example, we're more likely to buy from someone we like, even if there are better and maybe cheaper alternatives out there. Hence the importance of small talk, charm, maybe a bit of flattery. Also, if you focus narrowly, you may miss the overall. You need a broad view of the whole if you're going to understand the way individual components fit together. And one of my favourite sayings in communication is to think of facts as being dots on the page and the story as the thing that connects them. It's very important when presenting data to not just see the numbers in isolation, but to understand what they're telling us. What's the story behind the figures? How do you um, weave together all of the information that you're presenting into a coherent narrative? 
Similarly, when a patient goes to the GP, the doctor can't just look at a symptom in isolation and prescribe a remedy. Questions have to be asked. Um, And these questions might lead to an understanding of the patient's lifestyle or a recent change in their circumstances, which has triggered the problem. The left brain struggles to make connections and derive meaning. Um, and, And McGilchrist explains that through evolution, its role has really been more about hunting prey, which of course means immobilizing it and and manipulating it in some way, all of which requires narrow focus. It's the right side which sees and appreciates the interconnected nature of things. And of course, that's vital if we're to understand things like an ecosystem or a supply chain or a company culture. He coins the term betweenness. Betweenness. It's it's a really interesting term. Seeing what lies between the things that we can easily see. Um, Appreciating the the connection and the interdependence between what what is uh, tangible and the gaps between those things. He explains this beautifully through the example of music. If you took a left-brained approach to understanding music... You might start by asking, well, what is music? And you might well conclude that it's made up of notes, which are really just simple tones. And by themselves, they're not really much of anything. But when you link them up, things start to get more interesting. So perhaps there's some value in considering what it is that links them up. And then you might say, well, there are gaps between the notes. But aren't gaps just empty spaces? So it doesn't seem very promising, does it? Individual tones that don't do much on their own and bits of nothingness between them. But when they work together, you get melody and harmony and rhythm and maybe a a beautiful piano concerto. When you take that stop everything and focus tightly on something approach, What you lose is any sense of flow or movement. The left brain doesn't like motion. It likes things to be still so that they can be analysed. Now, I'm really taken by these concepts of interconnectedness and betweenness. And it got me thinking about the implications of all of this to the way that we communicate and the way we um, build and manage relationships. So let's get practical for a moment and consider how this might help us in our professional lives. Well, you're going to find it tough to build productive relationships if you can't read people and read situations. You might hear the words that someone speaks but fail to gauge their intent. And we sometimes call this reading between the lines. Um, And we've touched upon this in previous episodes of Leaning Forward. For example, the difference between the message and the meta-message, the message being the normal meaning of those words and the meta-message, the thing the person is actually trying to say. So if your mother says, um, do you like that colour on you? She's not looking for a yes, no answer. She's not really interested in your opinion in that way. She's expressing displeasure at your fashion choice, but she's saying it in an indirect way. 
And of course, there are examples in the workplace, too. If your if your boss says, um, maybe have a think about doing it this way. And then you go off, you follow his advice, you think about it and then decide to carry on as normal. You may well have spoiled your chances of promotion because you took the words literally. Well, I had to think about it and decided, no, I'll carry on. If you work in a consultative role, you've got to have an inquiring mind. And in some respects, you're a bit like an archaeologist. You have to dig quite a bit before you get to the truth. When you're trying to find the cause of, um, let's say, poor sales figures, it might be something beyond the workplace that's affecting someone's performance. So you're looking for connections. There's also a tendency in business to assume that the space between things is wasteful. If only I could pack more into my day. And to an extent, the switch to virtual working has facilitated this. It's now possible to organise back-to-back meetings with no travel time between. Wonderful, no commute. Or is it wonderful? Think of the bricks in a wall being the, the tasks that you get done and the mortar being the gap between. So is the mortar a waste of valuable wall space? Well, not if it gives the wall strength and stability. The time between meetings allows you to reflect on what's just happened, to decompress, uh, prepare for the next assignment, clear your head or, or switch off altogether from work and maybe daydream. You can go for a walk or a run or have a chat with a friend. And like sleep, that downtime is not without value. Consider the importance of pauses in speech, how they create drama and tension. It's part of the necessary rhythm of conversation and it gives the audience um, time to absorb what you've just told them. Sometimes you have to let the words land to take effect and then you can carry on. In contrast to that stop and study approach of the left brainer, you you want to get into a flow when you're presenting. Consider how one element flows into the next. We we might call that a a segue. And I heard a, a business owner do that very thing this morning. He introduced himself by referencing what someone had just said before him. And it worked really well. It was a kind of um, improvisation. Consider the value of metaphor. Connecting something in your work with something um, that's apparently outside of that world. Our um, psychiatrist friend reminds us that the really the only way we understand anything is by reference to something else that we already recognise. And that's why stories are so effective, too, when when it comes to making sense of a world that's very messy and confusing. We already know what good versus evil looks like or feeling out of place or a rainy bank holiday um, corrupt politicians or the joys and pressures of parenthood. We naturally want to fit what we hear into one or more of these mental templates. So overall, I'd say I was sympathetic to McGilchrist's view that we live in a left-brained world where things are black and white, where we take tribal positions 
Um, you're either with us or against us. And we've seen a lot of that divisiveness in recent years. And he suggests that we've developed um, an either-or mindset when maybe we should be more nuanced, more of a both-and approach. Um, It's both like this and like this. It seems to me that when left and right brain are working well together, that's when we do our best work. There's a time for narrow focus and a time for more expansive thinking. And I think it's interesting that he considers the right brain to be the master and the left the emissary. Because if we consider our leaders to be masters, it's true that they need to be continually reminding us of the big picture and of our vision of the future, of of why the work we do matters. So I hope you've taken something useful from this slightly unusual episode. I suppose it's more of um, a verbal blog post in a way than a, a tutorial about soft skills. But I've tried to find something tangible and practical in a topic that's actually quite philosophical in nature. So please take some time to absorb all of this. It's not one of those top five lists. I'm hoping it might shift something more fundamental within all of us. And finally, thank you again for listening to an episode of Leaning Forward. Until the next time.